0: If you love the History Extra podcast and want to help us keep bringing you brilliant episodes, then please share it with a friend or a fellow history fan who you think might enjoy it. Thanks for your support, and I do hope you enjoy this episode. This episode is brought to you by Fiat. A remix just hits different. The 2024 Fiat 500e is no exception. Cruise city streets in style with an all-electric ride that's fully equipped with an available premium JBL audio system. Explore the all-new 2024 Fiat 500E at fiat.com. Fiat is a registered trademark of FCA Group Marketing SBA. Used under license by FCA US LLC. This Father's Day, the Home
1: Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio. And the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power Dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Or to select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. With Uber Reserve, good things come to those who plan ahead. Family vacay? reserve your ride as soon as you book your flights to all the planners now you can reserve your uber ride up to 90 days in advance see uber app for details
0: ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
1: Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Have to get 30, 30, 30, get 30, but get 20, 20, 20, you get 20, 20, you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch.
0: slash $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for a limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, Emily Briffitt here from History Extra. We have some exciting news for all history fans. We've just launched a brand new podcast series, History's Greatest Cities, offering the chance to roam the streets and sights of some of Europe's most fascinating metropolises. Join travel writer Paul Bloomfield and a host of expert historians as they chart the history of vibrant cities from the complex French capital, Paris, to the captivating Turkish city of Istanbul sharing some top travel tips along the way. New episodes will be released weekly in an independent feed, so simply search for History's Greatest Cities and click subscribe. And here's a taste of what you can expect from the new series, as Dr. Eleanor Yanniger dives into the story of the city of a hundred spires, Prague.
1: So how did that golden age come to an end? Well, you know, it's all well and good to establish a university, but who knows what people might get up to in that university, essentially. Um, and the trouble all starts with Jan Hus, uh, who is a scholar at the university um, in Prague. And he starts his own chapel in 1402 called Bethlehem. And he is really, really influenced by the teachings of John Wycliffe. From over in England, um, at this point in time, there's a Czech queen on the English throne, and there is a great deal of back and forth between England and Prague. Uh, even though at the time when the princess was sent over to England, uh, everyone wasn't sure where London was, and they had to go check on whether or not a Czech girl could really uh, live there um, in any so- sort of style. But people really love the teachings of of Wycliffe, and Jan Hus then elaborates on this, and he's working harder and harder at this now. Wycliffe is condemned by the church, and subsequently Jan Hus becomes condemned by the church. But people really like his teachings. Now, the trouble all kind of kicks off in 1419 um, when a priest named Jan Zhilevsky threw some city councillors out of the windows of the new town hall. Um, In the first defenestration of Prague, we'd go on to have several more. And this kind of marks the time when the Hussite peasant rebels kind of kickoff, and there is the first ever large-scale kind of Protestant religious movement in Europe. Now, we can't really use the term Protestant because, you know, we're, we're not talking about, uh, you know, anyone who's kind of connected to Martin Luther, but it's the first real movement away from the Catholic Church and kind of advocating for personal reform, personal piety. And the Hussites do really well. So uh, the king at the time, who was Charles I's son of Benshyslas, is by all accounts not very well liked, and he's not very clever. Um, and the Hussites kind of take over things very, very quickly. And the empire actually calls several crusades against them, um, all of which are defeated uh, as the result of the wonderful military news of the leader Jan Zizka, who in all kind of interesting maneuvers, like making what's called a burg. So like making like, a big circle of wagons and then attacking everyone from outside of it. And eventually the empire gives up and <laughs> Bohemia is allowed to be a Hussite kingdom. But it really does kind of take its toll in terms of the merchant classes. There is a lot of infighting back and forth about what sort of flavor and brand of Hussitism people are going to have. So there's a lot of unrest kind of right in the early bit of the 15th century. And I would argue that that's terribly interesting and one of the great things about Prague, but it's not always great for trade, (laughs) so. Absolutely. And presumably at this time, Charles was Holy Roman Emperor the Hussites have taken over. What what does that mean for Prague in terms of its status in Europe? Yeah, so its status drops quite precipitously. So initially, Wenceslas was meant to take over from Charles, and a lot of the imperial electors had promised that that would happen. Instead, the crown goes to his other son, Sigismund. Um, And Sigismund is much more established in Hungary and what will be Austria. And so, we begin to kind of see the imperial crown kind of start to gravitate eastwards. And it doesn't really come back to Prague for quite some time. So it maintains an importance as a regional centre, it will always be an important trade centre. And frankly, they've got rather a lot of money because of all the silver mines. So it never drops off the map completely, but it does lose the kind of imperial shine for a couple hundred years there.
0: That was Dr. Eleanor Janiger on Prague. To hear the full episode and for more details about our new weekly series, search for History's Greatest Cities wherever you get your podcasts.